This is episode 10 with Andy Caruso. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface Podcast. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. You can't do it for the money. You have to be in it for the ride. To illustrate, my guest this time is serial entrepreneur Andy Caruso. Right out of college, Andy went into building a seven-figure marketing consulting business. And in 2012, he was invited to join the Young Entrepreneur Council, YEC, an organization compromised of the world's most successful entrepreneurs under 40. But Andy has also had his share of failures, launching three self-funded startup companies that didn't make the mark. Today, Andy is at it again, jump-starting a fourth company called Fansense, a wireless car parking sensor that works with a mobile app. In this episode, Andy shares how he discovered his passion for marketing, how he landed his first big client, lessons learned from venturing into the world of startups, and more. Enjoy. Andy, super pumped about talking to you today. It's been a while, so I'm very thankful that you were able to make time for this. Oh, definitely, Alan. So it's always good to talk to you, man. Yeah. Yeah, we've been uh, good friends for years, so I know I've been traveling a little bit lately, so it's good to be back in Seattle and uh, be, uh, being able to connect with friends. Yeah. You know, that's actually one, one of the things that I wanted to get started is, I'm curious, is how do you recall we met? Um, I think we met o over a podcast or is a, it was a video inter interview, I believe. Um, and then we just became friends after that. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of the same aspirations and a lot of the same network of people just trying to make a difference in the world. And, you know, we're all, I guess we I'd consider ourselves go-getters. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I always like to ask that question because for me, it was even a little more back because I think I knew you before you knew me, and before you met me. And, um, and I remember, so, you know, uh, it was, I was, I think introduced or, uh, to you, not personally, but somebody who told me you should meet Andy Carusa was Colin Christensen. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I remember we were, uh, he mentioned you because he's like, Hey, I noticed that you started networking. Uh, you want to meet Andy. He's a really cool guy. He's very well connected. He's just a very given person. Mm -hmm. And he loves introducing you to other people. So he would be a great person for you to meet. And then I remember he said, well, I'm actually going to go to his birthday. Mm -hmm. So I think I kind of crashed your birthday because he kind of just took me along with him. Just come over. It's like, yeah, but isn't there an invitation for that? It's, just come over. So there's never invitations. So I got, I got pulled. Everybody's welcome. Yeah. So I got pulled by the. That's Christian how you meet people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I crashed. I mean, I, I'm standing. I think I yeah. crashed your birthday. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna go meet this Andy guy, and I got, I came with the Christians and brothers. I think Emery was there too. Yeah, and I remember I was, a, I came to this really nice restaurant, and you looks like I think you reserved a long table. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably the, one of the longest tables I've ever seen in my life, yeah. and and you were wearing some type of Al Pacino suit or something. <laughs> but it was, yeah, just I was like, like to push the limits. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's awesome. And I'm just like, you were just so excited to see everyone and just very charismatic. And, and, and I was just there, you know, I'm just crashing this guy's party and we'll see if I can get to, uh, meet him. At the end, I, I introduced myself, but that, that was interesting. One thing I wanted to ask you is just kind of go even way back all the way to your childhood. 
All right. <laughs> right? We're going to go beyond the surface. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's way beyond the surface. <laughs> what, 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 what was your childhood like? Uh, childhood, it was pretty fun. Uh, played a lot of army guys. Um, went, went on a lot of adventures. Um, I was a little bit of a rebel child, um, but I, I was very creative. So I always liked building things. Um, and one of the things you'd always build was tree forts. And uh, so we would just build one tree fort after another and we'd try to, you know, improve upon it. And that's kind of what I'm doing today in building products. You know, you, you build something and then you keep trying to learn from it and trying to build on the next one and make it better and better. Um, so we built a ton of tree forts. We had a little army fatigues on. We play war out there, you know, operate a, a base, uh, you know, in the form of the tree fort. Uh, we actually had like wars with other kids. So they would just try to destroy our tree fort and like steal our tools and things like that. Oh, wow. Um, like they they'd actually destroy your forts? Yeah. Like, so we, 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 destroy yeah, it? we, we retaliated. We got theirs. So we, we went like uh, undercover crawling through the bushes <laughs> in the woods and our army fatigues. And we had a, we had a strike on their base and took it out oh wow is this um, a neighborhood war yeah it's like a little neighborhood <laughs> war <laughs> are these forts made of wood right uh they're made of wood yeah so you yeah. came with the hammers <laughs> um well yeah we came with uh well they store tools so we use those against them that's um, crazy. so we like you know use the saw to kind of take out one of the beams that kind of oh supported the whole thing and knocked it down um but <laughs> it was all fun you know they they uh they had their hits on our bases and you know just kids being bored <laughs> Was there anything specifically that you wanted to be when you were a kid? I think we all have these crazy things that we want when we were a kid, right? I might have wanted to be an astronaut or a firefighter. Wow. You know, your typical just... Firefighter, astronaut. Yeah, you know, just the typical uh, the typical things kids want to be. Well, that's a big one right there. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people start with astronaut, firefighter, police officer, cool jobs like that. Who, who influenced you most growing up and in what ways? Um, I mean, some of the friends around me, obviously, um, I, I think I had a really good family life too. So mm -hmm. I think that's the key for anybody is having good support. Um, especially if you want to go off on some crazy entrepreneurial venture, um, it's good to have a, you know, whether it's a, a significant other or like a good family around you, it's good to have that support. Uh, not financially, really. My parents have really never supported me financially, although they're, my parents were, they come from a good background. Well, my dad's self-made, um, but they they never wanted to support my entrepreneurial ventures mm. because they wanted me to go out and do it on my own, which mm -hmm. I agree with. Um, too many people get things handed to them. They're, they just push me out the door and said, well, either you go work for Microsoft or you, you sink or swim. <laughs> and if you want to do this entrepreneurial thing, yeah. I'm like, Thanks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, in retrospect, that was, that's the best route, you know, to be able to do things on your own. So I re highly respect them for that. Um, so I'd say my parents and my, my brothers and sister were a very good influence on me. They're always mm -hmm. there to support me, uh, from an emotional standpoint, um, provided good advice to me and that sort of thing. So, um, I, I think that's key for anybody. Surround yourself with good people, good foundation, and you have something to build off of from there. Mm -hmm. Now let's fast forward a little bit. Now you're approaching uh, having to decide what you're going to do after high school. Mm -hmm. And I know that you went to Western Washington University. What was your decision-making process like to land on the idea that you were going to pursue marketing? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, by the time I got to... I got through high school. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to be a doctor. Uh -huh. Don't even know why, but <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a cool job. <laughs> yeah. You can make a lot of money. You yeah. Know? I was taking these chem classes and they're really boring to me. I just wasn't in interested in the topic, you know? Um, 
but what, what I realized is that I was organizing events and I was uh, helping people find events and what type and, of events college events college uh, events. yeah <laughs> so uh, any any college event you can imagine so it, it could be like a fashion show it could be like a nightlife thing it could be just somebody's having a house party <laughs> got it. um so i got really involved in that my freshman sophomore year um you know and i was just really doing what college kids do except i started to get paid for it so i started organizing events and then people would pay me to go to the events or I'd make some money off the bar and so most of these were nightlife events most of them were nightlife yeah okay so you know while when in rome <laughs> you mm -hmm. know so to speak as they say um when in college and everybody's going to events and that's just part of the whole college experience mm -hmm. why why just be another person at the event when you could bring all the people to you that you're already hanging out with anyway yeah and you could take care of them and then you can make some money on the bar mm -hmm. and it's like the symbiotic relationship that you have going on there but the difference was i was getting paid to to party so to speak and and um you know a lot of people are just spending a lot of money at the bar uh you know whereas i, I was actually making money off the bar and, and uh you know i was able to kind of pay my way through college from mm -hmm. that so that was kind of my first real entrepreneurial experience i'd say if you could do do it all over again, would you go to college? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think uh, I I don't judge people on whether they went to college or not. Some of the most successful people, I'd say, probably more <laughs> successful people don't go to college. Um, for instance, there's this guy I met in China. He owns a he owns a uh, uh, an air filtration company over there. Uh, mm -hmm. If you know China, that's that's a big deal because <laughs> uh, you could barely see you know in front of you because the smog's so bad. So they're killing it. They're doing a great job, and his success is from just being practical, just understanding. Hey, here's a market need for it. Let's let's build this product and give it to these guys. You know, and he's a doer. He just gets out and you know doesn't live in theory. He just gets out there and he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He's also an ex NHL player. The guy's huge, <laughs> but the guy like they were telling me about him, and they're saying that yeah, this guy just you know he never went to college or anything. He just he's just learned by doing. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get that. You know, I'm a big fan, um, but I do think college is still very important for people, and I think people should go to college, but they should also they should also have their own. Uh, they should also frame what they're learning from their own perspective and question everything too, right? Don't just take right. what they give you and just say, hey, that's that's how it works, right? But definitely college is very important for people. I think it gives you a basic level of education that uh, gives you a good foundation mm -hmm. to start from. Um, and it looks good on a resume too, but... Yeah. What were the biggest takeaways for you personally of going to college? Well, honestly, uh, I, it got me involved in my first uh, set of entrepreneurship. Um mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, networking, building relationships. I uh, met a lot of people and still have a lot of those relationships to this day. Um, you know, I did learn, I, I did learn some uh, basic knowledge in certain areas. Um, a lot of the stuff you haven't used since college, which is fine, but some of the stuff I have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's some value in it for mm -hmm. sure. Now, another thing that I was curious is a lot of people don't know that you are an incredible writer because you don't have a blog, but you're yeah. yet future in all these publications. And I've seen some of the stuff that you've written mm -hmm. and yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. It's very well written. Yeah. Were you always good, a great writer or is that something that you developed over time? At what point yeah, I think you master that important skill? I think it's something that I developed over time and a lot, you know, with what we talked about um, prior to starting this conversation, um, 
you know, a lot of people care about what the message is, right? So Mm -hmm. I start from a very practical standpoint, everything I do, whether Mm -hmm. it's building a product or writing a blog or an article for Forbes magazine. Uh, it's what is the message that I'm trying to get across? And is that message valuable? Does it apply to people? And then how do I break it down in, an, in a way that's easy for people to consume? And then I set my supporting, uh, then you have to set up your supporting um, points to that. And you have to you know clearly articulate factually why those points matter and then how people can apply that knowledge in a practical way. Um, so I have a kind of a, organized process for how I write something Mm -hmm. that's compelling, but also deliver it in a way to prove the point, but then give people an idea of how they could practically apply it, which I think is the most important part Mm -hmm. of, uh, of uh, having an idea that you want to share with people. Mm -hmm. Okay, great idea. How do I do it? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, So I think I've learned that over time, uh, you know, and, and um, I would say I've always kind of, had a knack for writing. I, I mean, I've liked to do it, but it's something I've definitely learned over time and uh, through trial and tribulation. Now, after college, you started your career as a marketing consultant mm-hmm. through the event planning. Then I believe you partnered for a little bit with your friend, Charles Coe. Yep. And you guys started an agency. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened there? Why? How did that end it? Um, well, I mean... Charles got a job at Google. <laughs> so that's simple. I can't, I can't blame him for that. Got it. I mean, we had some limited successes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was our first agency and um, we had a couple clients, uh, not, not too many, um, but it was a, it was a good start kind of learning business one-on-one. So, uh-huh. you know, this was an event planning. This is, this is working with real companies and, uh-huh. you know, doing the whole proposal process Um you know, learning how to manage those business relationships, uh, you know, doing the accounting for your business, Mm -hmm. um, doing more complex marketing strategies and applications of that. Um, you know, so it was, it was a learning experience. How do, how do I grow as a marketer myself as I'm practically doing it for other Mm -hmm. people? Um, especially in the area of social media, which we understood very well, but I think we also through that process had to learn how to become better business people Mm -hmm. and approach social media from more of a strategic standpoint. So, um, we were both providing value at the same time as learning, uh, how to become better business people through that. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't skyrocketing, making a ton of money and that's totally fine. It's the first try at it. Right. Um, so I can't ask anybody to give up their whole life for something that's not making a lot of money. <laughs> so Charles got an opportunity at Google and that's turned out to be a great path for him. And I, I think that's, I, I think he made the right choice, you know, for what he, for what he needed to do, he yeah. chose the right path. Um, and he's still an entrepreneur to this day. Like he has an app and mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's always got that, he's got that fire in him. He wants to get, he wants to get into it. <laughs> yeah. I know that you were able to work with some big brands. What was your first um, big brand interaction? Like, how did you landed your first marketing consulting gig with a big brand? Uh, well, I met Ducati Motorcycles through Fashion Week. Okay. So I just called them up and, you know, I saw this post going around on Facebook about Steve Jobs uh, telling people just to ask for what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's totally right. Most people just don't ask or just don't, you know, propose a question or try something. Right. Um, and that's a big difference between getting something and not. So 
I just reached out to the local owner and I was like, hey, you should be involved in Seattle Fashion Week. And I'm sure you guys have some motorcycle fashion and some cool bikes you guys could show and it could be good for your brand. Um, you know, we'll put you out there locally. We'll get a lot of media and all that kind of stuff. So um, I got their brand involved in, in, in Fashion Week and, you know, they had a positive experience from it. I actually got the model on the show, which was kind of fun too. So I got involved on a lot of different levels and that was a really fun experience. Um, and then I started helping him more w- w- after that with, with, uh, started to really build a relationship with them and their corporate company and help them with their social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then from there I met Microsoft. So the Microsoft guy was friends with the owner and he happened to be at one of their anniversary parties and he was like, Hey, you should come do some social media work uh, mm-hmm. for this division I work with. And so one thing led to the other. <laughs> yeah. One thing led to another. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and then I think, uh, after your agency with, Charles mm-hmm. and he moved to Google. I think that transformed into the agency, correct? Uh, yes. Which you've been running on the side all this long. Yep. While you are uh, venturing into mm-hmm. these new projects, new yep. startups, mm-hmm. and I I know the first one. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was um, Brand Body. Yeah. Yeah. And that started on 2010, October 2010. And is that still active? Uh, no, not necessarily. No. Then how did you come up with Brand Body, and what happened? Well, Brand Buddy was the idea. Um, it was my first uh, software project uh, on my own. It really, it's about. It was supposed to be a social network for brands and influencers to connect and collaborate with each other. Mm-hmm. I don't think our uh, execution on it was uh, on the design of the, of the product was as good as it should have been. And you know, I got a lot of uh, clients for the agency for social media consulting specifically. And Brand Buddy did make a little bit of money. Um, you know, it wasn't anything that. Eventually, we had I had to choose between that and another business, which I'll talk about later. And it was self-funded, correct? It was self-funded, yeah. So Russ and I put on all the money for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Russ, OJ, and, and myself. What would be the biggest entrepreneurial lesson from your journey with Brand Body? Um, so this was a great opportunity to look at uh, software development um, from from the from the entire standpoint of conceptualizing the idea, doing the whole user experience flow, um, working with front-end design, back-end development, um, and you know, understanding software development on so many levels. And I'm not an engineer, but mm-hmm. I've managed many engineering projects now, both for hardware and software over the years. Um, mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot from that. Um, so that was the experience there. It was, it was learning how to manage an entire software project uh, wow. p- development program mm-hmm. from from the back to the front from start to finish and that was an amazing experience and then uh, you gave brand body a real chance because i know mm-hmm. you were working two years before any on brand body before anybody found out that brand body existed yeah and then at some point things were not working with brand body and you mm-hmm. uh, jumped board into a new venture mm-hmm. i think uh, in 2013 you mm-hmm. started a spot survey uh so spot survey was um i worked with a group of guys and you know we got super entrepreneurial again um we wanted we we worked on two projects uh so one was spot survey one was called the gossip app uh so that was a very interesting experience and i think we learned once again a lot about it and that was one of my first mobile apps that that i was a part of developing so what i found was this gossip girl thing so there's like people all over the world that were just tweeting about gossip girl constantly gossip girl gossip girl gossip girl 
And apparently there's this TV show, <laughs> you know, I'm learning as I go. There's this TV show that was on, was super popular for years and it got shut off a couple years ago, but the following never left. And so there's this vacuum for these people. So we positioned the product, you know, very, very, um, in a way that was very, um, as girly as kind of, as kind of hip, cool, mm-hmm. sexy, um, you know, red was our main color. Uh, lips was a logo. Um, and we positioned it towards this gossip girl audience. So they just caught on to it. And we had a bunch of people from all over the world signing up for it. In France, we're really big in France. Um, so we got to see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of posts from there. People are just sending gossips out. Um, you know, and it's really fun internally for us. We're, we're sharing gossips with each other. And so I had a lot of stuff going for it. You know what I mean? And there was demand for it. People are just downloading the app, but like we didn't complete the design of it, the, the, the development of it. Like there are some bugs that were never fixed and what eventually happened with that in spot survey, which was, and the other project that we we're working mm-hmm. on, which was an SMS survey delivery tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we did a good enough job making the survey. We're a survey company. So I don't think we did a good enough job making the sur- surveys, um, uh, the surveys uh, work out. Um, the survey design was horrible, and, but the these... delivery was unique and innovative, but mm-hmm. it was a standalone feature. I don't think it was enough to really, um, excite, uh, you, you know, like a, a customer base to actually want to use it on a regular basis as Correct. a survey provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we eventually pivoted to was a, uh, SMS chat tool, like a 1-800 number that mm-hmm. was a chat line. And that, that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, but what happened with gossip app especially was that, um, you know, the, the guys got, you know, hired at Uber and they got paid a lot more money. So that got kind of tabled. And eventually I just kind of gave up on that one because it was just, you know, it's, if you're not, you know, if you don't have a good team behind it. And then I also got involved with FenceSense at that time and FenceSense has been taking off. And, uh, you know, I, we were, I was kind of like, ah, it's not worth my time. Let's just table it there. Plus we didn't want to get into the whole bullying issue. And that's the potential downside of that mm-hmm. app really took off. So we weren't, a hundred percent passionate about it. Like it, the outcome of it could have been, it could have had a negative effect too. So we're like, oh, let's just let it rest. <laughs> we don't want to play with it more. It hey, was spot survey and get gossip also bought self-funded companies. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're all self-funded. If you could do it all over again, would you do both projects at the same time? Get gossip and spot survey? Cause I'm, I, I'm sure that why has... not? <laughs> Cause, uh, I mean, eventually what you have to do is you have to have clarity and focus. Correct. Uh, and every entrepreneur has to have that. I think it's okay to dabble in a couple areas. It's it's like having a couple horses in the race. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See which one's going to be the one, the thoroughbred that's going to take you to the finish line. And then you focus on that one. But it's okay to put a couple horses in the race, try them out, see which ones, see which ones are, have an interesting upside potential to them uh-huh. and a, a long-term future. Uh, and then you focus on those ones and you have to know when to cut it off, um, cut off the other ones, table them, sell them, give the technology to somebody, whatever it is. And then you got to focus on the new one, um, or the, the, the best, the best of the, uh, of the set that's going to, that's going to actually become a business. And that's, that's a, that's a choice you have to make. Now, just to clarify here, you don't think, um, uh, going back to a spot survey and mm-hmm. get gossip that any mm-hmm. of those could have done better if you were if you had focus on one only? Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, there's always a... I, yeah, I mean, for Gossip App, we should have finished it. <laughs> you know, we didn't really mm-hmm. finish it. We just put out a beta, beta, beta version. Um, <laughs> it, it was uh, maybe an alpha uh, version, but it's... 
you know, we didn't, we didn't follow up on it. Like we didn't have the team commitment to finish, you know, what we had started. So, um, yeah, definitely. I would agree if we had actually focused and followed through on it, it would have been better. It seems that despite that you being trying and failing and getting better and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's tough, you yeah. know, to, to entrepreneurial life is tough. Yeah. It seems from the snapshots, you being still being able to have some fun on the side and keep yourself on leveled as far as finances goes, you know, you yeah. leave it, you, some of the, I, I saw one picture once you shared in a really nice apartment. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, you don't drive the car that I saw in the Steve Jobs movie where that they were driving, <laughs> going to the office. When I, mean, I first came to Seattle, I had a Ford Escort. That baby, uh, I put some miles exactly. on that thing. <laughs> so you, you've been able to do well for yourself on the side, despite the difficulty yeah. of that comes with entrepreneurship, specifically yeah. with the products that you've been working on. So what would you say has based on individual take home mm -hmm. income? Yeah. Which of your business, which of all your business ventures has been the most successful so far? Well, I'd say the consulting company has brought in most of the money. Um, cause I've, you know, I've had a lot of really big contracts and working with a lot of big brands and uh, that's always something that I could always go back to. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, regardless of whatever's happening, I could always pick up a good client and I could do some good work for them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's always been, uh, kind of a good go-to. When did you get accepted in the young entrepreneur console? What year? Which one? The young entrepreneurship console, the YEC. Oh, the YEC. Yeah. Young entrepreneur console. Uh, I got, I got involved with them. Um, <clears throat> 2013 maybe mm -hmm. maybe maybe around 2013 so this is around the spot survey time um or right, before maybe 2012 actually probably 2012 brand body yeah brand body year now this is a very uh, based on the description a very prestigious mm -hmm. organization the forbes describes them as the world's most successful entrepreneurs 40 and younger mm -hmm. and this is a uh, you you have to be invited to join yeah and some of the requirements include 1 million in annual revenue mm -hmm. or selling a business for 2 million. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I wanted to ask you first um, is what business venture helped you get access to that organization? And what were the success lessons? Uh, the agency or consulting company. Got the agency. So the agency has been so far your most successful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now I wanted to move on now away a little bit from business. It may still be related with business, but it's more just in general. If you could invite one person to have dinner with you, dead or alive, Richard Branson. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he's that awesome. was good. Yeah, yeah. he's an interesting personality. I like his outtake on life. I share a lot of the same uh, outlooks, I guess. Um, the guy's down for any adventure. You know, he he does the most daring stuff. I, I probably won't do some of the stuff he does, like like uh, riding down a a mountain, going like a hundred miles an hour in a bicycle, maybe a motorcycle. Um, but <laughs> swimming with sharks or what, whatever, like I won't do some of that stuff. So the question, the next question is hard to answer in the sense that people, uh, they go longer than they should for this one, because it's as simple as what are the three words, three words, three words. Okay. <laughs> that best describe you mm -hmm. and you can take your time. Entrepreneur, friend, adventure. There you go. <laughs> I think this is yeah. the first time and I'm making the announcement right now. Yeah. In Beyond the Surface that somebody answers that question with three words. 
Actually, it's pretty easy for me because I already thought of those three words before this. Really? Um, they're on my Twitter profile. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but they, it does answer the question. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've put in enough thought to, yeah. I guess, understand how to express myself and who I am uh-huh. to the world, hence why it's on my Twitter profile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, what's the latest thing you're working on and how can those listening to this podcast do to support you? Uh, well, my fence sense has been awesome. We're, we're almost at 200,000, um, uh, in the first four months, um, pre-orders. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's not bad. Um, so we, we're starting to manufacture the product. I would say the best way to support fence sense is if you like new car technology and you want backup sensors or uh, soon to be a backup camera on your car. And you don't like wired, wired, fussy setups or calling a car guy to have him install something for you. And you don't want to spend an arm and a leg for it. Uh, you could use FenceSense. Best place to follow you and your work online? Uh, well, uh, Andy Caruza, uh, anywhere, uh, including Twitter, Facebook, um, pretty public on Facebook. Like I have a pretty open profile. So like anybody, any random person can talk to me there. Um, uh, like I said, I like meeting new people all the time. Twitter, I'm on there, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, also my company profile, FenSense is on Facebook at, uh, facebook.com slash F E N S E N S.com. I like put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, on Twitter as well, Twitter, uh, at FenSense, uh, F E N S E N S. All right. Well, thank you so much, cool. Andy. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on the show. And, uh, looking forward to hearing how I sound on when it's finally put together. <laughs> All right. Thanks, bud. And that was my interview with Andy Caruso. A couple of quick announcements before you leave. For reference, you can access this episode's notes alongside other resources at thevtspodcast.com. That is the vtspodcast.com. Finally, if you enjoyed listening to this interview, the best way to support me and this podcast is by leaving a positive review on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you. <laughs>